0: I'm what happens when a broken soul meets divine timing. Crossbreed between deity and superhero. I'm hope personified. In other words, I'm a magician.
1: welcome to another episode of attractive mindset and today's guest this man this legend in the community i've seen him come in rooms and command silence with just a few words and not telling them shut up either you know what i'm saying like just the the level of championship mentality this dude has absolute champion in every industry anything he touches i'm gonna let him tell you more about himself mr Rue, my brother i appreciate the intro I'm honored to
0: be up here, man. This is, it's beautiful, man. It's, I love to see my brothers elevate and continue to just just thrive in whatever industry they put their mind to. Um, so I'm Rue, uh, Rue the poet, Rue the shooter. Um, just a little bit about me. I travel all over and I just use my words to impact, inspire, motivate, and just remind people why they're not alone in their struggles. I'm a firm believer that, Anytime you you touch a platform, you should speak life into people. And that's just who I am. That's what I'm all about. Um, So I decided to go on my entrepreneurship journey uh, and into the photography space. And that's where Ruta Shooter comes in. Um, And I just use that as a a stepping stone, you know what I'm saying? A tool to really allow for people to grow in their businesses and their personal lives by giving them the content that'll push them forward.
1: So that's what I do and that's who I am absolutely man the moment I met you I met you it's been some years now bro it's been some years you know just you know I met you at I don't even remember which event it was but the level of articulation you had with the with the words and and the topics you don't even just choose random topics you know you you talk about things that are not only relevant but things that hit home things Ooh. that that mean something to the black community especially and and you know what what even got you going in that direction?
0: man uh so it's always funny like so i used to be a gospel rapper Mm. right so um i remember i think this was like around the fifth grade um i had a mentor who introduced me to spoken word and everything like that and the first time i ever heard of it i was mind blown i was like this is unlike anything i've ever seen you know what i'm saying so from there, I was just like, I want to work at this craft and get fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really want to be able to touch stages. And that was before Instagram, for real, for real. But I just knew that I wanted to be able to be, like, um, just a pioneer in that in that industry. You know what I'm saying? So, I worked at it. I remember um, the first time I introduced it to my mom, she was like, Kikimasa. You feel me? She was just like, she was not rocking with it. Uh, <laughs> so, I had gave up because... Um, you know, I'm Caribbean and sometimes like Caribbean kids who are like first generation Americans, they fall victim to wanting that validation from their parents. So it's just like sometimes when they don't give you that validation, like you you kind of look inward and be like, am I wasting my time? You know what I'm saying? Because you hold their opinion so valuable. But it's just like the older you get, you realize that they're only speaking from a perspective that they understand. So it's like if in the Caribbean, all they ever knew was like going to college and that was the way that you was going to make your money, that's the only perspective they can speak from. So it's just like once I got out of that mentality, I was like, yo, I'm going to do this for me because it's my life and this is something that um, I'm genuinely passionate about. So once I picked the pen back up, man, I just – I went to work, bro. And yeah. I just like I, – I believe in a lot of the things that I talk about. So it's like when people – when I get on stage, I don't need to like – do all the bravado and pump my chest out i'm just speaking my testimony and just speaking that real and just hopefully like my thing is if one life is changed then my mission's accomplished so it's like if i get in there bro and only one person is just like bro i rock with you then my mission is complete uh so
1: that's it Love that. That's a that's a that's an attractive mindset. Right there. So, you know, with your with your mom not agreeing with you taking that route, even mm-hmm. though it's not like a trap rap route or anything like that, you know, where do you feel like you developed that mindset from? Um I think because I love I love music as well.
0: You know what I'm saying? I make music and I think that um sometimes you need that chip on your shoulder. A lot of people don't even realize that that chip on their shoulder is what propelled them to where they are now. And I think that um, for the longest, because it wasn't just my mom, it was my father as well. It's like I always wanted to prove them wrong, you know what I'm saying? But over the years, I realized that like we put too much energy in trying to prove other people wrong when we just need to put the energy into proving ourselves right, you feel me? I knew I was right all along. I knew that like what I believed in and what I wanted to accomplish that I could. So it's like I don't necessarily need that chip because it's like, What a lot of people, um, what they struggle with is when they no longer have that chip and they're finally making the money or the people finally believe in them, they no longer have a purpose. Mm. Because that hunger and that desire and that mentality that they had to go after it, it was only to prove someone else wrong. So when people start believing in them and they get the money and they get everything, they just, they lose sight of what's important. Mm. And that's why having like a central purpose And just like a pillar that you can rely on and you genuinely believe in, that's why it's so important in in any industry. Cause it's, that's the thing, that's the driving force that keeps you going.
1: Uh, and so what about your friends at that time? How did they adapt to you becoming this, you know, spoken word kind of figure? Um, I've always surrounded myself
0: with people that like were go-getters and people that just um, allow for me to thrive in my genius. So it's like if I come to you and I'm just like, yo, I ain't going to lie, bruh. I'm thinking about doing this. Um, they look at me and they're like, go for it. You feel me? Like, show me what you're talking about. Because at the time, spoken word spoken word is still not like the most popular thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, their introduction of spoken word is like Love Jones or, you know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that. So people have, they don't necessarily have an idea of what it's really like. And what I realized is a lot of times whenever I perform, that's people's first introduction to that type of spoken word, that type of poetry. So it's like after shows, people be like, yo, like, I ain't never seen something like that. Um, and the bigger I got, the more I realized that um, I started getting booked for things that weren't poetry related. Mm. Like I done performed at, um, dang, what is what is this called? It's, it's a dance competition at FAU. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. They're going to be so mad at me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it's this dance competition at FAU, and it's like, it's strictly about dance, oh but they booked me to perform poetry on stage. And it's like, um, that's like a small example of just so many performances that I've had that were just unrelated to poetry at all, where people are like, yo, like, I really rock with your, can we curse on here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People are like, <laughs> yo, I really fuck with your talent um and although like this ain't got nothing to do with poetry or anything performance related in that regard i still want you to come and shut it down so it's just um i don't know i think being like people's first taste to that that's something that i enjoy as well too
1: okay okay and so give us like uh, what it, what it looks like if somebody's like hey i want to book you for this performance slot. Mm-hmm. like you know what are your parameters like how long do you know are you mm-hmm. going to make something new is it something that you have already like what, how does that work for you so
0: that's a great question
1: so it really depends
0: on the on the event cuz i have i have a lot of pieces you know okay. what i'm saying i've been writing for some time so normally when people want me to perform often they've already seen me perform Okay. So they don't even need a new piece. They'd be like, yo, I need you to go up there and just do you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Whatever you feel in that day, go do that. Because I got a, a lot of different pieces for a lot of different moods. So it's just like um, I would say that I've worked on my craft enough to wear like. Um, so actually, let me let me give you a backstory. So I slam as well, like do poetry mm-hmm. slams and stuff like that. So when it comes to poetry slams, it's there's technique and their strategy, you feel me? If you wanna win and shift the room. So in poetry slams, a lot of people use pieces that are like heavy, you know what I'm saying? Where people talk about rape or if gay people wanna talk about their experience being gay and you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So it's like, you could go into a room and everybody is just dropping pieces that's just deep, you feel me? And the strategy would be like, instead of going up and giving them another deep piece, I'ma give them something happy or something motivating or something mm-hmm. inspiring and it'll completely shift the room you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like with the slam background i just have the ability to go into a room and just kind of feel the energy in there and line up my set based off of how the how the room is is feeling you get what i'm gotcha. saying so it's like when people book me they just they just trust in my ability to just read the room and be able to deliver on that um but as far as like timing um I don't know like I would say I need about 15 minutes at least at this point in my career because it's just like I want to be able to get on stage and have people really like understand the story you feel me so um I think I'm at like I'm at a point in my career, kind of like how Dave Chappelle is. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like when Dave Chappelle get on stage, it's it's less about the jokes, but more about like the message he's sending. And it's like that's where I'm at right now. Like in between my pieces, I'm always giving just the backstory to everything and talking to people and speaking life. And it's kind of funny because people people can't differentiate between the actual piece and me just kind of talking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I'm just that's just how I am. So it's like, I would say definitely fifteen to twenty minutes if you if you want something solid, uh, but I could rock out for 30, 45. Like it really, it really don't matter. But it's just um I've been away from the stage for a while too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like as I've transitioned into photography, that takes up a bulk of my time. Um, and now I'm like getting back into the rhythm. Like I just gotcha. bought like a home studio. Okay. Like I'm really about to like get back into it and i'm i feel like at this point in my life it's real exciting because it's like i always said that i wanted photography to be the stepping stone for me to be able to do everything else i want to do and it's like now i'm starting to see
1: that come to fruition And so tell us about photography how'd you even get into that realm
0: ah okay so um one of my boys i don't i don't know if you know royal eyes do you know royal eyes? yeah i do so during covid i was managing royal eyes i was like his assistant manager mm-hmm. whatever um and we were rocking you know what i'm saying like i'm really doing all the managerial duties and i never wanted to be a photographer like when i say never bro like hand on the bible somebody <laughs> put a gun in my head i'm like i'm not doing this you yeah. feel me um but he eventually moved to atlanta mm. so it's like in him moving to atlanta I needed to do something. You feel me? And before COVID, I was working at Fridays. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I ain't going back to Fridays. Yeah. So literally the next day, bro, I just went and I brought all the equipment. Like literally his entire setup, I bought the exact same setup. Mm. I was like, you know what? I don't know much about cameras and photography, but I know enough from the business side of it, because I was his manager, to know like, if I know how to handle the business side, I could learn the technical side. You feel me? So I went and got the camera and, you know, what I'm saying I'm already well known. So like I started doing collabs with like some of my friends and some of like the popular models and stuff like that just to like work and tweak and figure it out. But then like as I started going, I remember being so nervous to like say that I was a photographer because mm. I thought people would be like, eh, I never seen this for you or whatever, like because it's, it's very difficult to pivot. And that's something that a lot of people don't even realize like it's tough because you you create this identity for yourself and you feel like people finally buy into that identity, so when you pivot, you think that people are gonna be like, "Ah, he failed," or he he don't believe in himself no more, and sometimes that's not what it is. It's just for this season, I need to embark on this journey that way when I pivot back, it all makes sense. You feel me it's it's all connected, you know what I'm saying, so um. Yeah, that's that's essentially what happened, and things just started growing overnight. You know, what I'm saying like I wake up have a DM from a blue check mark before it was, before it was, before it was that easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I I get a DM and be like, oh wow, like you trying to work with me? You know what I'm saying? And it just it started growing. I grew my clientele list and everything like that, and it's been it's been a blast ever since.
1: Nah, that's definitely dope. So Royal Eyes is how you got into the photography game.
0: Yeah, I okay. would say Royal and definitely um uh, my girl too. Okay, like because my girl is an entrepreneur, um and she she was like the motivating factor for sure. Mm. Cause it's like I would say Royal introduced me to just the photography world and what it could look like. But I would say like my girl really um showed me the light. You feel me? Because when I was doubting myself and genuinely being like, yo, I don't know if I could I could do this. She was really like, nah, like if anybody could do this it's you like you already have the mindset. You already have the tenacity. All you got to do is just put it out there and let the universe do what it do. And it was like when I finally got the courage to put it out there, it was received so, so much better than I could have imagined. It's like I would definitely have to credit her as well, too
1: fellas ladies whatever the fuck you are out there yeah it's important to have the right person in your life that's valid absolutely okay so you said your girl's an entrepreneur what does she do
0: so she is building the framework for a multimedia agency okay so like a marketing and media agency uh it's called decaf digital and she essentially is like the brains behind a brand Mm. so literally you can give her your idea and she'll bring it to life so she designs websites uh she designs like the hang tags the product labels like literally everything you need in your business a to z um she'll get it done for you
1: okay might, might have to hit her up for some from some uh for some tags for sure stuff. for sure okay, for okay sure. cool so you know what, what's the name of it again decaf digital Shout out to Decaf Digital. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right. So on your journey between both worlds, that which are kind of different, you know, they both have a creative aspect to it, but yeah. different audience for sure. What do you feel like is a way for you to blend that? To blend it. Um, so I think it's
0: blended in that I can create my own content now. Okay. So it's like in all the equipment that I've acquired and everything like that, um, I have the eye um, that I didn't have when I was just a poet and a music artist. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Now that I'm behind the cam and I, I have an understanding of what goes on with it, I can I can create my own vision and execute it as well. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's like um, I feel like you you caught me at a really good time. Because yeah. right now I feel like I'm in a renaissance period. Mm. Cuz for some time I made a lot of excuses for myself. You know when you're like when you're on your journey, um you always say things like, man, if I had this, I'd be doing that. If I had this, I'd be doing that and it's like the other day I caught myself I was like, dog, once I get this microphone, I'm on it. And I was just like, bro, like 2 years ago I prayed for everything that I have now and even more. You feel me? It's like I got like two cameras, I got hella lighting, I got this, I got that. And I'm still saying like, I'm not going to do it until I got this. And it's just like, there was a level of hunger that I had back then when I was just recording off the iPhone 10, you know what I'm saying? Really doing it. So it's just, um, the, it's just funny. I think that sometimes we get so caught up in what we don't have that we don't realize what's right in front of us.
1: Mm. And so do you feel like you're originally from Miami? Yeah. And so do you feel like being in Miami your whole life kind of influence how you deal with business or would you ever go somewhere else? So I've always been very open to
0: going somewhere else. I think that when you go somewhere else, one, being from Miami unlocks a level of hunger within you in and of itself. But two, I think people from other places receive people who are from Miami a lot better than Miami people receive Miami people. Um, but one thing I can say is I don't um, I don't necessarily subscribe to the notion that, like, you have to leave Miami to be successful. I think that uh, you just got to navigate Miami in a way that allows for you to not um, get caught up in the mix, and that's what a lot of people do. They get caught up in being in a certain audience, And then being grouped in that audience when there's so much more that Miami has to offer. It's like this is a melting pot. So you can do business with all kinds of people here. And tourists always come to Miami. Like that's something that like I really love about living here because I could go inside the W, hop in the elevator and see a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like just the most random things happen. And it's like a lot of my clients I've met actually in person. Like sometimes I go to the elevator I'm at like the grocery store or like, even one time I was in the elevator um, and this dude came on the elevator. He had like two Richard Millies, mm-hmm. you feel me? And I had on my watch and he looked at my watch he was like, yo, that's a nice watch. I looked at him. I'm like,
1: well, you really got a nice watch.
0: And it was like from there, you know what I'm saying? We chopped it up. And then he, I was like, yo, I'm a photographer. Dah, dah, dah. He was like, oh, that's dope. My wife is looking for a photographer while we in town. Boom, boom. boom we chopped it up. And that was that. And it's like, I think that there's so many opportunities for people here, but the thing about people from Miami is, uh, I do feel like sometimes we have this entitled kind of atmosphere about Mm -hmm. us where we want people to approach us Mm. like the Southern hospitality that other States have. We don't necessarily have it here. So a lot of people don't like talking and, um, I might see you in the elevator and be like, Hey, and people be like, Oh, he being friendly. When Mm. in reality is just, you really never know. You, know what I'm saying? you never know who's in your vicinity. And it's like, I think that, um I, I forgot what your original question is, but yeah. that's, that's,
1: that's it. <laughs> Nah, I mean, you answered it. You answered it good because the Miami lifestyle is definitely like that. And I ended up making a quote the other day. And the quote was, you know, when people feel like they're doing better than you, yeah. they'll help you. When mm-hmm. people know that you're doing better than them, they'll use you. Mm. And so, you know, I'm from so, New York, and so, you know, just the hustle, the vibe, I come out here, and I got that dog in me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, we, we've we grown the companies, we've done all that type of stuff, but I realized, like, yo, I'm helping the people, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and certain people that I was helping... Mm they were helping me back at the time because they felt like they were doing better than me. And then when they realized that uh, it's the opposite, they were like, hold on, you know, they start either pulling back or they're like, okay, I'm going to use you for this. I'm going to use you for that. And so that's when I really started to just dial back a little bit and and Mm start, you know, closing up that circle. You know, Miami culture is definitely a culture that, you know, and I've been out here since 2016. I got a 9-5 phone number now. Nah, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm, boy official now. You know what I'm saying? I, I still got my 718. I got two phones. And so, you know, with, with the combination of Miami and New York, Miami, I agree, definitely gives you a certain level of hustle that you have to have because there's so much shit going on out Whoa. here and it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> and so, if you're really not in that element of, of getting to the bag, like, you're going to, you're going to drown. Yeah. You know, no shots at the submarine, but you're going to, going you're going to disappear. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. That's tough. And so, you know, nah, but, um, you know, what, what do you feel like would have to happen for your business to the next level for you to like implement team? You know, is that even possible in the spoken word realm? How would you formulate, you know, something to where it may not be 100% you? I know you could do a photography, mm-hmm. you know, building a company, building whatever. But at what point do you feel like you need to branch that out? If you want to branch that out.
0: um, I think being the creative by yourself, I, I don't know if, I don't know if there's ghost writers for poets. I don't know if there, that's might, like be. A, there might be, I, but I don't know. I've never heard of poets using ghostwriters, mm. but as far as like a team, the team would have to be um, similar to like a, a label or something mm-hmm. like that, where you have a manager, you have uh, even like a touring manager. Um, just that, that aspect of it, when it gets to a point where, You need to answer hella emails or you have merch or you have, you know what I'm saying, tour dates and different things like that. That's when, like, your team expands. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely want to get to that level because it's just like, to me, when I see guys like Kevin Hart or just certain comedians be able to go on stage and command a room of 20,000, 30,000 people, I always look at it and be like, why can't poetry enter that realm? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Of... Because music, a lot of people can relate to music. And it's just like I could understand why concerts exist. Mm-hmm. But it's like the thing I like about comedy is you just have a mic, you just have your voice, and you just speaking to the people. And a lot of people are receptive to hearing what is either going to make them laugh or it is just going to make them feel. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't feel anymore. We live in a world that's just becoming increasingly harder to just exist in. You know what I'm saying? So with poetry similar to comedy i want to be able to fill up rooms you know what i'm saying and speak to the masses so it's just um in scaling i definitely want to um, you need so many different people you know what i'm saying you need a marketing guy that'll be able to advertise and really get your name out there um so
1: the sky's the limit bro i mean i definitely agree with that i guess where i was really trying to go with that was like would would you want to throw your own events and bring on other poets and bring on other you know slammers and everything like that to mm-hmm. kind of just broaden you know a root a root a of port production yeah. kind of field you know because you could also provide the you know photographic videographic uh, element to it but yeah. then you have the actual essence of the event because out here you you. The last event that I saw you at, mm-hmm. and even that was a hole in the wall for me because I randomly ended up there. Was uh the Just John the Just John event? Mm. Um, yeah that that was the last event I the saw you at the Just John, thing. and so it's like, man, um, there's a market and people want to hear it, but mm-hmm. you just got to put it out there. So yeah, so the thing,
0: the thing that's tough about um, just the poetry community here is that like um, every now and then there's a show that pops up, like somebody produces a show that pops up. And depending on the consistency of it, 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 that'll, sh- it'll really show like how, um how long lasting it can be. Mm. So things can be here today, gone tomorrow. So that's one thing that I noticed about like the Miami, like poetry subculture is just, You'll have a show that's like popping, people pulling up, whatever the case may be. But then a couple months later, nobody's coming to the show. And now they got to close it down. But I think for me, I want to, I think honestly what I want to do is I want to create a show that is more of an event than just like a casual date night. You know what I'm saying? Like I want people to be like, I got to be in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm not there like I'm I'm tripping. You feel me? Like that's the type of atmosphere that I want to I want to create. Like I want similar to how like um Eddie Murphy back in the day like what he did for comedy, he made like and Steve Harvey and them mm-hmm. with the Kings of Comedy, they made that like an event. It made yeah. it something where you wanted to dress up. And Eddie Murphy made it feel like I'm a rock star at this. You know what I'm saying? I'm a comedic rock star. I'm really doing this. Like, I want for poetry to feel like that, where people gonna want to dress up, put on their Sunday's best. They want to really step for real. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I've been working on because I've been approached by a lot of people to, you know what I'm saying, throw my own event and they'll give me a venue or whatever the case may be. But it's like, I want, I want it to be right. You know what I'm saying? I want to do it the right way. And it's like, There's nothing against the hole in the walls because the hole in the walls have helped me curate craft and just practice everything that I've needed. But like I do want for the experience itself to have like a luxury feel, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like spoken word and poetry, that's it's it's an art that deserves to be respected in that way. You know what I'm saying? And I want to present it in a way that people have never really seen. So it's just like I want to grab some of the dopest, hottest young poets and really put on something that people can come in and be like, nah, like what they cooking over there is something that's special and is going to be remembered for years. So that's the So
1: do you feel like it requires you to have an upscale kind of venue to do something like that? Is it more so geared towards your marketing? like Because they definitely have those fields out here and those different type of – you know demographics of people yeah. the, the shows that i've seen you at you're absolutely 100 percent correct they're just kind of you know this is happening at this point and yeah we'll know if it's gonna happen again or when it's gonna happen again but you know it's just got there and it's not really uh an upscale toward a type of vibe but would you have to cater your i don't know what you call them like scripts or mm-hmm. or poems for that type of audience or would you deliver the same
0: so in my mind the way that i i envision it because the beauty of the hole in the walls is just is community mm. so i want to blend that community and that family feel but make it um just an experience that is unforgettable you know what i'm saying where people feel like uh this is a five-star experience, you know what I'm saying, where people can get food and people can get drinks and people can um, uh, network and be in a building with uh, other dope people, you know what I'm saying? like, And that's just the energy that I want the entire experience to provide. Uh, what What was your actual question?
1: I don't even remember myself. <laughs> <laughs> i just be going off the top.
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, I just the the vision that i have in my mind for what i want it to be like i want it to be like a show stopping type of atmosphere okay where just genuinely like you know how like certain events come to the city and you're just like i got to go like no matter what i don't care how much it costs whatever i got to be there mm. like that's the type of vibe that i want to facilitate like i okay. just want for um for it to be a no brainer like as much as there's so much going on in the city, I want when I throw it for it to be like I don't care what's
1: going on at night. I'm there. Mm, okay. Nah, cause I'm try. I'm a I'm a visualizer, so I'm yeah. trying to visualize like an event like this. You got a live band behind you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Got on the mic now. Nah, that would, that would definitely be dope. And so when you write a poem, yeah, what what kind of mood are you and what kind of vibe are you and how do you get into that zone to really say? yeah, this is what I'm going to say, and this is how I'm going to flow, and then memorize that? So
0: it just depends on where I'm at in life. So I like, when I write, typically it's just based off of my own story. So wherever I'm at in life, um, when it comes to me, it just comes to me. Like, I've written a lot of poems on flights. Mm. I don't know what it is about Traveling and experiencing life that just inspires me. But anytime like I go on a trip, I have a blast. I come back home and I'm on that that plane and I'm just recentering, and then I just start writing. You know,
1: there's a scientific thing to that, right? Yeah,
0: no, I had seen that. I forgot who said it, but they said that like your creative juices just flow a lot better yep, in the air. Yeah, um, and I didn't. I actually didn't know, but it's it's just something that just naturally just kind of happens. And I thought it was. I thought it was just me getting inspired from the trip itself, but mm. shoot, there might be some science to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, nah. But as far as memorizing, it's just it's just repetition. Because mm. for me, I, I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't uh, memorize until you get it right. You mm. should memorize until you can't get it wrong. Mm. You feel me? So yeah, that's just pretty much it.
1: So have you ever like messed up on stage or anything All the time.
0: performances? All the time, bro. How do you but recover? Sometimes... It's really just like, you always got to keep your composure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I messed up, but if I'm snapping the whole poem, you might think that's just a part of the poem. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I'll uh repeat what I said. So that's one thing that's beautiful about poetry is people will hit you with the rewind, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. But, like, let's say I forget. I might rewind myself. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I might get to a point I mess up. And I really can't catch myself. And I'll be like, man, y'all ain't hear me, dog, Man, what y'all <laughs> talking about? And then i bring it back. And then mm-hmm. once I bring it back, you know what I'm saying? People thinking I'm feeling myself, mm-hmm. but they caught up in it. So they they like that bravado, you know what I'm saying? But really, I'm just trying to catch myself. Gotcha. You feel me? But um, other times I might just um freestyle. Okay. uh, Because if I'm in the zone and I'm really feeling it, then I might keep going and add to another part of that piece. And then get back to where I'm supposed to be. So it's like for somebody who's heard me already, they'll be like, oh nah, I never heard that part of this. You know what I'm saying? And they'll be like, oh, okay, bet. That, that's fire. But to somebody who never heard the poem, they just gonna be like, hey, it sounds fire to me. So that's really, that's really what happens. So can you can you give the audience a little snippet of something real quick? Ah, uh, I don't, I don't really have, so I could say this. I'm what happens when a broken soul meets divine timing. Crossbreed between deity and superhero. I'm hope personified. In other words, I'm a magician. I'm what happens. I turn doubters into believers. Um, actually, that's all I got. <laughs> I'm I know, I'll put you day. on the spot. You put me on the spot. I'm
1: like... <laughs> no, yeah, that was funny. good though. What's funny
0: is I, I messed up there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's like
1: you just keep going. Like that's that's really all it is. Um, yeah, when it comes to freestyling, like I don't I don't know. Like I'm weirdly good at it. I can't. I, okay, I don't want to say I can't. I can write. Yeah, but I can freestyle better. It, and it doesn't make sense to me because the way my brain just articulates it. And I'm not yeah. an artist, you know, per se, but I do want to get into ghostwriting And I do want to write about certain things, but yeah. literally anything dog, like mm. I could just really get there. And I'm just like, it flows, you know? So I feel like in a past life or something, I, I might've been a musician or something. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's powerful. Like I really love connecting with people that just have that ability to, you know, off top, just drop something, man. And it makes sense. Yeah. Especially when it's a freestyle, like battle rap, battle rappers. And and with the rebuttals they have. Yeah. Uh, it'd be cold. It's an art. Okay. Okay. And so with the photography now, mm-hmm. do you feel like, how long do you feel like you want to stay in that category? I know it's not something that you wanted to get into. And you said you're using it as a stepping stone. So yeah. is it the stepping stone for the poetry or yeah. do you have something else in mind? So, um with photography I want
0: to become a resource okay so like I'm in the process right now of creating like a couple ebooks hmm. um and I want to open up like an academy so I really want to be a resource for photographers who don't necessarily understand the business side of it so that they can generate the money that they actually want to make cuz it's like well you're a photographer you know what I'm saying like you got your own production like you you understand you come across photographers who are talented but they're just not making the money and landing the clients that they want. You know what I'm saying? I think that um, there's so much money in photography, especially in the specific niches that are around here, that I think everybody should be able to eat off of this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If you're spending two, three, four bands on your equipment, I think you should be able to at least make two, three, four bands a month, if not a week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when people come to me and they're like, bruh, I don't even make 500 a month. I'm like, that's unacceptable you know what I'm saying? Like that's just unacceptable. So right now I want to transition into being a resource and, um, for people to obviously like invest in themselves by getting my, um, educational content and stuff like that. So that's the next step for me. But as far as like in totality, I do want to transition into, um, the more of an entrepreneurial space. Because I really want to create a couple different streams of passive income Mm. because I love traveling. Um, And honestly, like when people talk about their dream jobs, I don't dream of working. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like as much fun as photography is, um, editing and doing all of that, like it's work. You know what I'm saying? And there's days, obviously because I'm a creative, um, there's days I wake up and I don't want to edit. You know what I'm saying? I have no desire to sit in front of the computer and really like, retouch you feel me sometimes i do kind of just want to chill um and i want to set myself up to be able to chill and still make money bro
1: i feel that nah, i definitely feel that because you know it's 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 definitely a great area and the the less people know how do i want to frame this i'm gonna offend somebody regardless (laughs) so i don't really know how i want to frame this or a lot of people when they see ROV productions they they have a thought process on what they think it is. Yeah. Same thing almost like McDonald's. Like, you know, people think McDonald's is in business for food. Yeah. They're in business for real estate. Mm. They have chain restaurants around the world globally. You know, that's where The mass of their their money comes from you know and and people can't wrap their head around things that aren't within their direct vicinity you know i'll have some people in rov that are like i didn't know this person was in rov and Mm. i tell them you're not supposed to Uh, (laughs) you know what i'm saying and so it'll have these different things you know we have over 50 contractors in like you know a few different states now and Not all in, not in one year, but for the total of ROV, you know, on paper, you know, anybody, if they want to fact check me on paper, because them taxes definitely fucking real. You know what I'm (laughs) saying is, you know, we've done over 1.3 million, Mm. you know what I'm saying? So ROV is a million dollar company, but... The, the circumstances of what we do on a day to day, month to month may not seem like million dollar things. Right, And you know, that's what a lot of people, I feel like, especially in the Miami atmosphere, they want the glam, they want you to be shooting these 10, 20, 30, $40,000 shoots all the time. Yeah, And that's not the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? When you go to McDonald's, you, you don't have like five guys type prices, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and that's okay. Because there are times where we elevate the pricing to that kind of level. But, you know, I've had coaching sessions with a lot of other production people that that trying to get them to understand that until you build that team level, until you build that foundation, you can't really go after the Giants like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you can't do it by yourself. That's real. You you can't do these things without a team and, and without people that you trust to a certain level mm-hmm. because- you only get one chance. They got to
0: execute that vision. <laughs>
1: exactly. You only get one chance. And and if your team doesn't is not on the same page, you get a bunch of random people. The random people won't care about it as much as your team will, That's as real. much as you will. So, you know, I just definitely had to add that in there because- yeah a lot of people don't see it that way. And, and for you, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely, I, I see your page and I see what you do. You do amazing work. Sure. You definitely have the high, high level clientele and everything. And so did you start off like that because of your connection base, mm-hmm. or do you feel like you developed that because of your just natural law of attraction? Hmm.
0: I would say both. I would say both. Um. I think that in my business, I have a level of intentionality. Mm. Um, and I pride myself on, um, underselling and over delivering, you get what I'm saying? So I think just in what I do on a day-to-day basis, I think when people talk about their experiences to me, cause word of mouth marketing is everything, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like when people talk about their experiences with me, they're just like, yo, like this guy's phenomenal down to earth, humble, uh, another thing, shoot, I'm not a creep, you know what I'm saying? Like that's big I can part. <laughs> I can sleep well knowing that like no girl is going to come out and be like he made me feel uncomfortable or you know what I'm saying like there's just it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like um I think that in in the experience that I give my clientele, I think over time Uh, Because you never really know who people are connected to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with the six degrees of separation, like, sometimes it don't be six people that's in between. It'd be one person. Facts. You feel me? So it's just like, um, all it takes is for one person to really, like, uh, put your name in somebody's ear. And it's like, okay, bad. I'm going to check them out. And I think just over time, uh, the more clients that I've worked with and the more uh, just the portfolio that has been built, uh, people are just like, yo, I'm willing to take a chance on him. And then once they shoot with me, they're like, nah, I got to tell everybody about you. Um, and one thing that I do appreciate about my clients is like, uh, I know a lot of photographers, they struggle with people not necessarily tagging them. Mm. Like the experience that I have, like my clients be tagging me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they go above and beyond. They'll tag me on the picture. They'll tag me in the comments. They'll go to their store and be like, you got to work with Rudish." You know what I'm saying? And I genuinely appreciate that because... um I invest in all of my clients. You know what I'm saying? Like primarily I shoot a lot of e-commerce brands Uh and I believe in the brands, you know what I'm saying? So during the, during the shoot, I'm giving people different ideas. Like, yo, you should probably do this. You should probably do that. And people are appreciating the fact that I'm giving them free game and I'm giving them like a third person perspective of what they should be doing. Uh So it's like when you're dealing with somebody who is giving you extra outside of the money, then it's just like, yo, you genuinely rock with me and not, You don't see me as just like a paycheck or just dollar signs. You actually believe in me as a human being. And I think in being that and genuinely just being a genuine person, I think that resonates with people and the attraction comes in because I attract a lot of genuine
1: people as well. And so I definitely want you to touch on that because you said something important. And so you giving extra for, Mm -hmm. you know, a client and say you've had this recurring for one, two years, you know, when does that stop or does that ever stop? How important do you feel that is to give continually that extra level of critique, you know, just an edit, stay a little longer, you know, maybe take a little pay cut or whatever?
0: Yeah, I think... I think it's important for me only because it's just like, like I said, photography is a a stepping stone for me. So it's like, I don't know how long I'm going to be a photographer. Mm. So it's just like, I genuinely care about the people that I'm servicing. So it's like, for me, I, sometimes i take pay cuts, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll do a little extra. And I know that like on the back end, I may not necessarily make as much money as I was supposed to make, but it made my client happy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, that's really why I got into photography is because I seen that there was a void of photographers who actually care. You know what I'm saying? That actually like want what's best for you and not necessarily what makes them the most money. So it's just like, because I I wanted to enter this space and be a photographer that people are like, nah, you gotta work with him. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of talented guys out here. There's so many in Miami who are really, really dope, but it's like, What sets me apart is just the fact that I care and people can sense that I care. Um, So it's like, when will it stop? I don't think it's ever going to stop. This is just who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, this just, I don't mind giving back and giving game. And even the quote that you said about like, um, when people feel like they're above you, they'll help you. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that's such a fire quote. But it's like, for me, it's like, if I'm above, I'm going to help. If you above, I'm going to still help. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we all win. And I think a lot of people, when you're above them, they try to pull you down. But it's like, it don't got to be that way. Because if you continue to push somebody up, eventually they might turn around and be like, you done pushed me up, I'm going to pull you up. Mm. And that's just how it is. And that's what I've
1: experienced. So, Okay, okay. yeah. So what would be three key pieces of advice Um you can mix it between the poetry and, and the photography. What would be three key pieces of advice that you would give somebody trying to get into these fields? Mm. Since, since it's two, do do four. Let's do four. Do four.
0: So um, two and two. One, I will I will always say remain true to yourself. No matter how cliche that sounds, is that when you are authentically yourself, you will attract people that resonate with you um and they will buy into you and i think that that transcends both because it's like um when i was a poet or not when i was i am poet um (laughs) in being a poet and me being authentically myself i built a brand that people are like He is not faking this. He is being genuine and he's a solid person. So when I transitioned into photography, people were able to make that transition with me and believe in me because I stayed true to myself and I was always authentically myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I can say as far as like with poetry, um, well, this still kind of is on a stay true to yourself, but it's just more so... um, understand your purpose so that's the second thing understand why it is that you have decided to do whatever it is that you want to do and that's in poetry photography whether you're a hairstylist or whatever the case may be understand like your pillars because those are going to be the things that keep you grounded and whenever things start to take off or even on the days where things hit rock bottom because one thing about entrepreneurship is there are highs and there are hella lows. You feel me? Um and I want for people to understand that like for as beautiful as <clears throat> as beautiful as it is and it may seem and a lot of these Instagram entrepreneurs who making it seem like they making fifty bands every day and all this <laughs> other stuff, like trust me dog, it is not beautiful every single day. Mm. And just understand like when you understand your purpose and your pillars, um It'll keep you level-headed. Um, so I would say understand your purpose. Uh, third thing, dang, I just I just had it on my mind. Um, the first one was stay true to yourself. Second was understanding your purpose. Third one, hmm, what would I say the third one is? Third thing that you should keep in mind is, um, dang, I, I really just had it on my mind. I, I just lost my train of thought.
1: Networking mm. connections,
0: nah, definitely. Definitely networking. One thing I could say about networking is, um, and that's good. So, photographers always want to um, go shoot like Ari and Jada, you know what I'm saying? And they only got like 20 followers, you know what I'm saying? They only got a Canon T6i, <laughs> they only got three shoots under their belt, and they want to go shoot Ari. And there's nothing wrong with aiming for the big influencers. But people need to learn how to network across. You feel me? like Because all of us are striving for something greater. Mm -hmm. So it's like just because this girl only has 3,000 followers doesn't necessarily mean that one day she won't have 50, 100, 500. You get what I'm saying? So it's like the reason why I genuinely be connecting with all of my clients is because you really never know. You know what I'm saying? But in being genuine, I'm not... Hoping that you make it so that I can use that card. I I genuinely want what's best for you. So I would suggest to photographers to understand that your vision is not only limited to when you're in that camera hole. It's when you could really look at a person and be like, yo, I believe in what you got going on. And whether you got 3000 followers or 300,000 followers, I'm a believe in you. You get what I'm saying? So definitely networking across because it's like I have clients that um when i started so i got one client in particular when i started shooting her she had about 8000 followers or something like that mm. um and then she had built it up to like maybe 9000 or 10000 and we did a shoot and that went super viral and now she's at like maybe like 38000 or something oh, like shit. that um and it's like i have like a couple clients where we shot they went viral and then they went up so it's just like one thing i always say is Every shoot that I do, I want to go viral, obviously. You Mm. feel me? Like, I want people to see my work. But it's just, if I treated that client when she had, like, 8,000 followers, like, she was just, like, a regular, she wouldn't have enjoyed shooting with me. Mm. But it's, like, in treating her like, yo, I believe that you could really do what it is that you're talking about, now she's locked in. Now she don't want to shoot with nobody if it's not rude a shooter. You feel me? So, And that's really the beauty of networking, because you never really know where it's going to go, so... Love that. Um, you said four, yep. so that's three. Uh, damn, you know, I had something that I wanted to say. I'm, I'm gonna leave it at three. If I remember throughout the course of the rest of this, I'm gonna be like,
1: here's my fourth four. But okay. I, I did have
0: one that I wanted to say. Okay. But I okay. To
1: remember and So what, what, what new stuff do you have coming up for the rest of 2023? We midway through, six months left. Midway through, I'm also because I make music as well. Mm-hmm. I'm working on an EP.
0: Okay. So the EP is on the way. Um, but honestly, just new things, bro. I feel like I'm a new me, man. Okay. And it's gospel
1: rap. No, 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 no,
0: (laughs) no. I'm not a gospel rapper no more, man. (laughs) But, um, I, I can always say that like God has been like the center of my life. Mm. You feel me? So regardless if I'm not a gospel rapper, I do think that, um, people can always sense the light in me. You know what I'm saying? And that's just God just having a hand in everything that I do. Um okay. but as far as like the music, I make so I rap and sing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And the way that I write my poetry is similar to how I write my music. I freestyle a lot. Um so Dan, drop like, the beat. Let's hear something. Oh man. You got me? Oh, it's a shade room. Ahead. Oh Lord. Uh actually no, I do acapella. I do acapella. Go ahead. Um It costs to be the boss. I know the money gut comes with it. Mm. Insecure about the pounds, but eating good fits my image, shit. I can't complain. The goal was to get my weight up. The scale don't always show the burdens that tend to weigh us. Yeah, you eating good, but your people in need. Don't judge a man off what he eat, but how he's willing to feed. Mm. I can't transfer the vision. They ain't willing to see. Niggas always want the fruit, but they ain't planting the seeds. But that's expected. Seldom do niggas mind up to what's projected. Goals
1: neglected. That's it. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, man. I'm going to leave it at that. Goals neglected, feeling <laughs> infected. <laughs> ah. Motherfuckers got goals getting directed by somebody like me who's well protected. Got it on the hip, and you know I'm well invested. Uh, <laughs> come on, talk to me, man. Talk I'm to have me. To slide on the EP talk with me, you real man. quick. Talk to me, dog. So, what's this EP
0: about? Uh, It's about the rebirth, man. The reinvention. Um... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm in a renaissance period for real. I think that um, where I was and who I want to be, they're getting closer to um, coming to fruition. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, I think that I'm constantly evolving, constantly reinventing myself every day, and I'm getting closer to the person that I want to be, mm. just in mindset and physicality and just everything. And I'm trying to blend everything all together Um and I'm forgiving myself a lot more. I think that I used to beat myself down all the time because I wasn't where I wanted to be. But I think that I'm just, I'm learning to give myself grace. Okay. You feel me? So I haven't found a title to um, the EP, but talking to you, I think it's going to have to be some centered around grace.
1: Okay. Okay. And so in this re, you know, rebirth, in this new version of you, what do you want people to feel when they hear this EP? So I want for people to um,
0: feel inspired. I want for people to feel as though they can forgive themselves for the things that they have done in the past. And they have a brighter future to look for when it comes to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be the type of person that people who are transitioning and becoming enlightened in what life really has to offer. I want for them to be able to turn on my music and
1: genuinely feel motivated to know that they can accomplish that. Okay, so you you have more of a lyrical flow, obviously, like Level. like a, a J. Cole, Kendrick kind of vibe? Yeah. Okay. That's like the type of vibe that I'm on. But I, I definitely make
0: music for women as well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I think that, um. I make honest music. Okay. I make music that like when people listen to it, they're just like whether or not I've gone through that experience personally, I really rock with the fact that like he was able to put that on wax and just be real about it. And that's, that's who I am.
1: Okay. And so you rapping and singing, the singing definitely came from the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so with the singing coming from the church, when you sing, you know, those, those are similar, but two completely different fields. Yeah. And so are you going to blend that on the EP or is it going to be you just rapping? Nah, I'm blending both. Okay. So it's just,
0: um, the singing, I rap sing. So it's like, gotcha. I sing, rap, sing,
1: rap is just, it depends what the beat and what the song calls for, honestly. Okay. Okay. No, that's definitely dope, man. of many hats. I, I like that. I like that. So, Ruta Poet, Ruta Shooter, Ruta... Uh,
0: I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> Ruta <root> Musician. <laughs> but, okay, now nah, that's dope. I- I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, when exactly might you drop the EP? I don't know. I don't know. I definitely know it'll be a surprise drop. Okay.
0: I think that um for the longest, I've held on to music. And that's mm-hmm. something that... um. I beat myself up over as well. Because one thing I've learned as an artist is you got to release the art while you're still in that mode. Because it's like once you get out that mode and you listen to it, you're just like, I'm not that same person anymore. So it don't even hit the same. Mm. Like sometimes like i have songs that I've held on for so long that when I play it, you know what I'm saying? I can play you something you'll be like, yo, you, you made this? Like this is hard. And I'm like, nah, it ain't that. But it's just it's because I'm out of that place. So it's just like, I think that now I want to get into the habit of when I create, just releasing it to the world and just allowing for people to consume.
1: Okay. Nah. I mean, I really feel just, just hearing everything that you've said today, I really feel like you should throw a, you know, a multifaceted event, you know, have the poetry, have the music, but also have the creatives, you know, you bringing everybody under one roof and, and merging those type of industries because, you know, it's it's just like something that 50 said, I won't even try to quote him, but they basically were saying like, they didn't expect them to do well in the TV industry. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, y'all thought I was supposed to be an artist and that's it? Mm. Like, you know, he said, I'm a businessman and, and and not only are the shows good, but he's making money, yeah. you know, and, and he's putting other people on in different aspects of it. And so I definitely see you in that type of light of just, Breaking down that barrier of I'm just this type of creative because when it comes to creativity, you know, on the right side of our brain versus the left side, you know, left side is, you know, all about the business, making the money and everything. And the right side, once people label you as something, just like you said, they have a hard time separating you from that fact or they think you failed at at what you did before. And so yeah. they're like, oh, you know, but it's a pivot. Yeah. So I like that. okay okay well i appreciate you definitely coming on the show as y'all can tell he has an attractive mindset that law of attraction is strong you know what i said in the beginning commander rooms as he walks in you know the presentation if y'all have never heard a show when your next show i don't even know bro i don't even know i
0: for the longest what's crazy is for the longest bro i turned down so many offers for shows Mm. Like I was just in a zone where I just wanted to be locked in, bro. So it's like I don't even have, I don't have a scheduled next show date. But I know when I break out of this cycle and I announce I'm taking shows again, we back on the road.
1: Okay, okay. I might have, I might have to, you know, request you coming up soon. So oh, oh, hopefully man. it's soon. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, if y'all have never got a chance to hurt hear, hear Ruleport, you have some of your stuff like online.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um i'm on all streaming platforms so spotify apple music under rue the poet um instagram twitter everything same as well rue the poet my photography is rue the shooter um so rue is spelled r-o-o so r-o-o-t-h-e-p-o-e-t that's rue the poet and uh r-o-o-t-h-e-s-h-o-o-t-e-r rue the shooter so that's where people can find me
1: and really tap in and join the journey Copy, copy. eh? Well, you heard it here first. And so make sure if you like, subscribe, share with a friend, you know, get this message out there. If you want to be featured on the show, hit us up. Let me know. And as we say, we look good. We live good. Life is good. Talk to us. We talk back and we out of here. We out of here.